0: Okay, well, uh, are you ready for me yeah, to introduce myself? Yeah, I'm ready. Myself? Yeah, go. All right, hi, well, I'm Jamie T. I'm a singer-songwriter from uh, London, England. Let the
1: Put it yes, it is time for Jamie T. You like him? If you haven't heard of him yet, please stick around for this chat. Um, I, I kind of locked eyes on this bloke in the early 2000s at uh, Ding Dong Lounge in Melbourne. If you got the money, remember that song? If you don't, maybe you should look it up after this chat. That was the song that kind of grabbed my attention and then I've been addicted to Jamie's sound and his energy ever since. He grew up in Wimbledon. We'll chat about that. He started out as a drummer and he also was known for nicking his big brother's poetry. So lots to talk to Jamie T about. The Theory of Whatever is the brand new album. It's his first new release in six years. Carry On The Grudge was his last release. You might know songs from that zombie rabbit hole. He's great. He got up very early to chat to us. This is Jamie T. Hi, Tim. Hello, Jamie. How are you, mate? I'm okay, thanks. How are you today? Yeah, I'm very, very good. Where am I speaking to you from today? I mean, I know where I am, but where are you? Yeah, I'm in London at the moment. Where, where are you? I'm in Sydney, Australia. But you know, being a podcast, we are going out to the entire world, you know? <laughs> That's what we like to think anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Very early in the morning, are you having a tea or is that a, 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 a rock star thing where you've just got Jack and Coke in a coffee cup?
0: <laughs> no, no, it's, no no it's tea yeah. unfortunately it's, no, tea. it's
1: good hey mate congratulations on the theory of whatever your brand new album which is uh well they're saying six years in the making but I- i'm sure it, f- it could be a lot longer for you congratulations you must be pumped to have it out there
0: oh uh, yeah it's really nice to have it actually kind of out um finally it's really nice it's uh Oh, it's great! Yeah, yeah. It's it's been so long in the, in the making uh, and stuff. I'm really, I feel really like um, kind of hyped about it or pumped at the moment. And it's just nice because like music is a conversation, isn't it? It's a conversation between yourself and whoever's listening. So sometimes when you when you it takes so long to make an album, you kind of feel like you're missing something because no one's hearing it. So it's uh, it's, yeah, it's great.
1: Well, especially because everyone's been going through something so crazy the last little while. Um, was it your intention to have it out earlier uh, before pandemic hit? I mean, I hate to make this a pandemic, chat because we're all sick, to, sick about talking about it. But um... No,
0: no, well, it wasn't at all. I mean, uh, I was quite lucky because I was out of well, what I call cycle out of the cycle. So like, you know, for other, ba- yeah. for other bands who had like just done an album, the pandemic hit, I think it was really a terrible time for all of them. But uh, luckily for me, I was still kind of in writing mode. So it didn't kind of affect things too much, really.
1: Well cool. and writing what is writing mode like for you? Because I mean, for people who might not be so familiar with your with your work, you are very de- like you have very detailed songs. There's a lot going on in your songs. Like and, and lyrically I'm talking about. Um what is a writing an average writing process for you or has it changed for this album?
0: I'm I'm not really sure. I get asked this question a lot and I hate to be like not be able to give a, a good <laughs> answer, but it really it really does depend on like the song. But I just try and Um, recently i've got into writing lyrics a lot more so i tend to at the moment i tend to write a lot of lyrics and and then go go to music afterwards but but i think before i was doing the opposite so i just like try and write all the times uh in, in a way and you know when so much of the stuff goes is shit you know that when when something really kind of half floats then you just God, you do whatever you can to make it work. You know, whether that's writing lyrics or that's changing it into a waltz, or yeah, <laughs> uh, or you know, whatever. You know, you become like all your morals go out the window.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think I read an interview with you not that long ago where you kind of said you you had overwritten for this album. Like, was it true that you had put together something in the in the ballpark of two hundred tracks for this album?
0: Well, I mean, I, I haven't like. I keep getting this question everywhere. It must be on a press release or something. I, I do write a lot, yeah. But it's it's ideas and stuff, you know, they're all kind of... And the thing is, this, you know, like I think some people think that I'm kind of trying to say that I have, like, you know, 180 songs in, in the vault, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah,
1: Just, just, waiting, just waiting to come in. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. yeah, you know. And occasionally when I get, like, you know, come back from a late night, I'm like, yeah, I've got like 180 in the vault. and listen to them. They're all rubbish, you know. <laughs> they're all, like um so that's not really the case but it just takes me quite a long time to get my kind of self together and i enjoy doing it i enjoy writing you know it's part of like a day-to-day thing so yeah i write all the time it doesn't you don't necessarily mean I've got a huge arsenal, if you know what
1: I mean. <laughs> is that how it started for you? Because let's go back to the side. I think I would and tell me if this is wrong. I'm pretty bad with dates, but maybe 2007 in, in Melbourne, Australia, I saw you for the first time before really. I think I might have heard uh, Ding Dong Lounds. Yeah, Ding Dong, if you've got the money. That was, if you got the money, I think it was the big, big song in Australia to uh, kind of blow you up here, as they say. And I thought I saw, yeah, it's Lounge in Melbourne. Is when I first saw you, and you you put an infectious show together. Like it's it's a high energy from start to finish. Um, but with the writing- I remember that show. Do you really? Yeah, I remember it. Uh, my friend
0: Cal used to work there as well. I actually put Dingong Lounge in the song uh, after that. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. It's, I think it's on um. And EP after Kings and Queens. But, yeah, yeah, I got a lot of love for... Oh, I did love.
1: Sorry, carry on. I interrupted you, do When you grew up, were, if you're a writer, you're saying you kind of just like writing lyrics. Were you always that way or were you instrumental? I was a drummer
0: originally, uh, I think, was the first thing. And then after that, I kind of got into playing bass guitar on my own. I think the lyrics probably came at the same time. I got quite into, like, uh, you know, like lyric songs. Um certain kinds of things like Squeeze, for example, and there's a UK hip-hop outfit called Task Force I got really into. um, And got really into The Clash and Rancid. And so I just started writing lyrics. It was out of necessity more. It was like wanting to do something because the band were like, I was in a band and I was trying to play bass, but the band never turned up kind of thing. So I just started (laughs) kind of doing stuff on my own a bit more. But I think I I think I think always had it in me uh, a little bit to, to do it. I mean, I was writing... I remember, like, my eldest brother was, um, you know, when you're young, you want to be, like, your big brothers or whatever. And yeah. uh, I remember my big brother was... Um, Went through a phase of writing poetry, which I think probably passed quite quickly. But to me, I was like, "Oh, I was like, I should, I should do that, you know, because I want to be cool." And I must have been like eight, eight or something like that when that happens. Well, um, well,
1: what's your big brother doing now, if you don't mind me asking? If he started poetry uh, at a young age, is he? Oh, he's is, not doing that. No. I'm
0: <laughs> not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what he is. But like, I think it's just a phase? But you know, when you're <laughs> yeah, a course. kid and you like. And you think, you know, you see your older brother doing something, but yeah, no, like hero worshiping it. or whatever. <laughs> and I think it kind, of, it kind of stuck with me after that, I think so. Um. You know, I, I do offer. I sometimes wonder, I'm like, where are those poems he was writing? Like, like, I want to read it. <laughs> you know, after like after like a fifteen year career, I'm like, let
1: me find this poem. <laughs> I want to fucking read it. Um, do you remember? I want to th- read what this guy was doing. Yeah, what was going on through his brain? <laughs> yeah. Well, my little brother's a shithead. But it might have been one of his first ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you were that at all. Um, what, 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 was it, what was it like growing up? Were you in a musical household or um, what, what was it like growing up? Because I, I read here you, you grew up in Wimbledon. Now, in Australia, we kind of only think about Wimbledon for maybe two weeks a year, and it's obviously for the tennis tournament. Um, is it is it much like that uh, growing up? Well, what do you think? <laughs> I think not. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just the normal, normal towns. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's, there's none of that. And then, you know, it all, like, becomes a different uh, different world for two weeks uh, every year. It's a bit like living, in a, in a way, it's a little bit like living in a, an American kind of S town because everything is um, geared towards that two weeks of the year where yeah. the whole town makes loads and loads of money. So, like, Everything like the shopping centre is called Centre Court, you know, and uh,
1: oh, right, yeah.
0: all the pubs are called like you know Hand and Racket or stuff. <laughs> so the whole place is kind of geared to this like two-week period where everyone, I suppose, makes a a shit ton of money.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course.
0: Um, So it's a bit strange like that. It's just a normal town.
1: Uh, But yeah, were you in a musical house? Like, What were were your parents listening to when you were growing up? Like obviously there was something going on in your mind where this is something that you were going to do. Well, I I mean, it wasn't something I thought I
0: was going to do, but um, musically I suppose uh, I remember on holidays listening to Elvis and uh, Eagles, uh, Belinda Carlisle, um, R.E.M. Yeah, and, and then the later on, a bit of, like, jungle stuff and basically getting into whatever my brothers were into, you know, because as a kid, they were a bit older than me. So whatever phases they went through, I kind of went through as well.
1: Do you remember the first song you wrote that um actually kind of made you sit up and then think that that was what you were going to do? Like, where, where people, like, people responded to it? I don't know. I don't know. There, there was certainly
0: a period of time where, where I was kind of doing things, um in my room and my f- couple of people came round and kind of thought, gave things a second listen. And it was quite quick between, No, it wasn't, yeah, I can't really remember. It was just a long, it's just, it was just fucking long. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, yeah, it, it started slowly. And then, you know, but there was a point when I, I hit a moment where I was writing all the time and, and everything was sounding good. Uh, and you don't get that kind of offer, but I, I do remember that moment where everyone was kind of – my friends were like, oh, actually, this might be all right kind of thing.
1: Well, yeah, well, tell us when Panic Prevention, the debut album, came out, then obviously even back to when I, I saw your Ding Dong. Was, was that a long, long process? It
0: was like – it was it was long, but it was long because of, uh, like, I wasn't signed off, like, internet or anything like that. I yeah. was signed – when I was um, – someone saw – all happened in a couple of weeks, but – the time I got signed, someone had come down to see another band play um, and I'd been on the forum. And by then, I already had a couple of people singing along to the songs and stuff. Uh, And I think the the guy who came to the other band was like, what's this about? Um, So, and then loads of my shit got leaked um, online uh, and then I wrote the other half of the record. So the first half of the record probably took me a year. The second half of the record took about a month and a half. Um it's quite confusing. It was so long ago, it's a bit of a blur for me. Yeah, well, also
1: because – but also everything in music changed so much. Really, once the CD became a bit irrelevant, everything just exploded. Like, I just remember LimeWire was a huge part of that era of music too, like where you were downloading songs and then burning them onto CDs. Like, we hadn't really gotten rid of CDs yet. We were still putting yeah. music that we found on the internet onto CDs. It was a, it was a, yeah. a strange time, which, yeah, you're right, things blurred into one another.
0: Yeah, the whole, the whole thing. I mean, it was so long ago for me, um, and, and my memory is not very good. I can't really quite remember how every. I can remember kind of everything, kind of, but I yeah, yeah. can't really remember the order.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. That it all happened in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, things tend to move fast in showbiz, as they say. I mean, I do remember it going like zero to 100 yeah. in
0: like a month. Yep. Like, I
1: do remember that.
0: It was like, it was fucking mental, you know, going from like. You know, it was fucking crazy. Um, but uh, but it's, it all gets a bit confusing
1: in the timeline of it for me. Did you like an Australian crowds? Because I feel that what I like about Australian music and English music, it just feels that your voice is obviously extremely authentic. You're never trying to be something to be popular. And I think there's a lot of Australian bands, especially even at the moment like Amal and the Sniffers and the, and the Chats that have very distinctive Australian sounds. They write about very Australian things and, and they're very big – overseas, specifically England. Do you think it's very, like, it's It's lovely to hear that it's a voice that's definitely yours, but people all around the world are enjoying what you've got to say, you know?
0: Uh, I don't know. I, I suppose it's always, I mean, I don't know much about Australia, but, but I know I, I saw them years ago. And, uh, and I the saw them at some yeah. s- uh, squat party a few years ago. Yeah. And was immediately tipped, um, shocked by them. Yeah. But, I, I mean, when it, whenever I've been... um. Over in us, I mean, you guys have like a good, healthy music scene. uh I don't know why, but I suppose our countries seem to have something in common, you know. Because I think English people like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But um I mean, yeah, I, I, um, I don't know why it works in Australia what we do. Uh, yeah. Whatever it had because it certainly didn't work in other places so you know i mean like you you're know right, you're
1: right though we have a good we have a very uh we have a lot in common except for like the two weeks a year if we play you in the cricket then we can't stand you but that's fine we move on from that pretty quick well i mean I don't know if it's like we've got
0: we've got you know something in common but it seems music that you guys have got like a music scene like our scene i hmm. think you yeah. know like that it's like quite small but also really fucking productive
1: yeah exactly we would punch above our weight down here that's for sure yeah, you know what I mean? I think it's the same as the UK in a sense. What was it like getting back out and performing shows after something? Because I saw you at Glastonbury. So I was over at Glastonbury, a few, well, uh, July, June. And um, you had that tough slot of, of being on as an over- overlapping the Beatle, Paul McCartney, on the Saturday night. But we, we snuck in and, and we saw the last 20 minutes of your set. Was it just incredible to be back there? Because you played Glastonbury a few times at such a quintessentially English festival, but it was just so good to see you live again.
0: Uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, like, uh, luckily as well, I mean, from my understanding of it, they kind of staggered it, didn't they? So Yeah. Um, so that you know, like uh, I wasn't going up straight at the same time as yeah. as Paul went on stage <laughs> or whatever, which I think is really lucky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was an honor to play like on the same bill as him. Um, anyhow, you know, uh, but it was nice to back I mean, I've done Me so many times now; um, it's uh, it really feels like it's wonderful to go back and play again. I've had like a real thing over the last year where I just started kind of evaluating you know, the last kind of 15 years of my life or whatever. And so it was nice to go back and uh, and play again. And I think, I think it went really well, you know.
1: And was that the one thing uh, being locked in your house for a couple of years that you missed the most was um, playing live or did you enjoy the break? Uh,
0: no, no, I, I miss playing live terribly. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's, it's so much a part of it. It makes you feel so in- connected to everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always miss that when I'm when I'm like in writing mode and like as as we said earlier, it takes me quite a long time to do anything worthwhile. Uh, so I, I really do miss miss uh, playing quite a lot. So it's, it's really nice to get back to it.
1: Um, any chance uh, the the tour in November? Any any ideas of coming out here again? I would love to. Yeah, I would, I'd, I'd love to
0: do that. I'd love to come back down. Australia feels a bit like I, I miss I, I miss Australia actually. I was there at the beginning of. I did all the photos for the front cover and shit for the album in Australia.
1: Oh, did you really? Uh, The the golf shot?
0: I did, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and all the inlay and all the press shots. Um, So it was really nice to to be back there because I did miss it a bit. I I love the place. I've kind of got an affinity with it. Some of my family lived there as well, you know. Uh well yeah, was your so connection you. to
1: Melbourne? I, I again my my memory's a bit like yours, but I think you, you had a connection in one of the live shows or someone who you might have been living with at the time or something was in the audience or I don't know. I
0: I've got family over there. My dad's best friend lives just outside Melbourne. Yeah. Right. Um I can't remember, forgive me, I can't remember quite where it is now. I, and my dad my dad grew up there as well, so
1: you know. Well you gotta come uh, back now, no it, excuse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, my congratulations on the album. We'd love to finish um, the introducing podcast with a question without notice, but is there any artist that you're listening to or just something that you'd like to introduce us to?
0: Yeah, I've got to say, I've been thinking about him a lot over the last few days, Willie J. Healy. Okay. Who's a phenomenal musician that I really, really, really love. Uh, I've been listening to his stuff again over the last few days. He's got like, I think he's got two albums out. Yeah. And it, it definitely, definitely worth a listen.
1: Unreal. Well, Jamie, thanks so much for taking the time early in the morning, mate. I really, really appreciate it. Congrats on the album again. We love it. And yeah, we can't wait to see you out here soon. Hopefully real soon. Yeah,
0: all right, mate. Thanks, bro. Let-